may not be that smart and they may not be that pretty But they like to talk about Cardiff City It's the view from the ninny and with views from the ninny And not shoes from the ninny and the view from the ninny It's a sombre view from the ninny this week after our first league defeat of the season at home to the Wurzels And as we head into an international break, there'll be no Cardiff City to talk about for a few weeks But that won't stop us Joining me as always is Ben Price. Ben, nice shirt. What's going on over with you? Not a lot, mate. It's a lovely bank holiday Monday. At time yeah, of... nice doing it on like a Monday morning, isn't it? It is. Had a bit of toast, had a coffee. It's nice and relaxed. A good start to the morning. Good start to the morning. Same to you. Lovely faces, which is even oh, better. Oh, look at this sweetheart. Do you think he's a sweetheart, Tom? Lovely, lovely man. Lovely man. A lot Have of you time had any toast this morning? Crumpets for me. That's kind of like toast, isn't it? It, it was toasted, yeah. I think that, yeah. I think that's my first crumpet for about five years. It's a, a momentous day. I'm not normally first crumpet at the 2021 harvest. Yeah, exactly, exactly that. And I think I'm in for the long haul with the crumpet now. I think this could be a regular weekend occurrence. Mate, wait until you discover Honestly, giant crumpets. Yeah, have you tried a giant crumpet? No, I'm assuming it's just a bigger crumpet, right? And it'll blow your mind. Yeah. Why? Yeah, why it's huge. With the Warburton's one. Are yeah, the, yeah. Are the, are the yeah. Other are brands available. are available. Yeah, yeah. Nice um, I'd, I'd recommend it because you can really get the butter on that. Anyway, talk, instead of talking about crumpets, let's move on to the more pressing matter of our defeat yesterday against, or oh, Saturday, sorry, against Bristol City. There you go. I'm still in Sunday mode. Um, ben, uh, what went wrong on the day? Uh, it, you know, from the stats, from the chances we made, it looks like we did enough, but we just didn't put the ball in the net. Is that a fair summation? I don't think we had a chance of putting the ball in the net because just the quality of the set pieces was so bad. Well, not set pieces, but delivery was so bad. First 20 minutes, absolutely battered and knocked the ball about really well. It wasn't just a case of hoofing it up and hoping for the best. Played them off the park. They looked like they had absolutely nothing. They were terrible. And then we go from that. We concede a piss poor goal. Like Phillips has pulled us out of some absolute tricky situations recently. But that is just basic goalkeeping. You either come or go and he just sort of did neither. Caused the goal. They took the lead and we just didn't have a response from there. It was such a dis it's a real disappointing defeat after like a really good start to the league it's like the one it's properly derailed the mo- like the momentum that loss yeah tom it's it's disappointing that we no matter what happens i think that's bristol's third game in a row at, at the ccs that they've won um you know as, as, as ben said with bad defending we 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 created some chances we you know i you know could have scored more goals what's our problem when it comes to bristol are we just got a psychological block when it comes to playing them? No, I think it's just an annoying coincidence that we tend to not show up against them. Or they not show up. That's, that's a bit harsh, actually, because the last time we played them, we actually battered and they scored early and we couldn't break them down. And I suppose it was kind of similar uh, on Saturday where, you know, we were the better team, but then we were our own worst enemy then. It was like defensive lapses. And I think that's the most annoying thing because that's under our control. We should be doing better than that. They haven't sliced us open or anything like that. We've caused our own problems again against them. And it's a bit of a theme. Um, and yeah, and like Ben said, it, it's a bit of a momentum killer. It, that, that feels like a missed opportunity, to be honest, to go into that mm-hmm. first international break with a block of games undefeated. And, you know, we've set our stall out now. But no, we've lost against a team that we thought would be towards the bottom of the league at home as well. And, you know, obviously it's not panic stations. We've only lost five games in the league under Mick the whole tenure which um, seems mad, really. But I, I know, it, yeah, like I said, it just feels like a little bit of a missed opportunity and against one of our worst enemies as well, which really rubs us off into the wounds. 
Yeah, I mean, they aren't very good, are they, despite them beating us? Um, as Ben, you said you, we were our own worst enemy for that first goal. Who, who's your blame with? You, you you put it with Phillips there, but Flint looked like he was too slow to react to the whole situation, kind of stopped, started, didn't put the tackle in when he could have. Is 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 it purely on Phillips' shoulders, or do you think Flint needs to take shoulder, shoulder some of the blame as well? I think it's um, a bit of both, really. But um, I think Flint was done a bit because Phillips looks like he's coming for the ball. He takes a step forward mm-hmm. if he's going to come and then just stands. If you're a centre back, you're told to leave it for the keeper to clear. The keeper gets in that area, the keeper's actions get priority. So I'd put in more on Phipps than I would Flint, but there was stuff Flint could have done in the build up to get rid of it. I think it's not like a total 100% Phillips fuck up, but it's, um, yeah, it wasn't a good look for either of them, to be honest. No, I, 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 it was it was a classic Flint moment. Really, it looked like he took so so long to turn because he was running out from the fence, and then Wyman's passed him before he's even had the opportunity to turn. But yeah, I think you're right. I think it, you know, Phillips kind of almost like he faked to come and then stopped and then came out again for the second time. And at that point, the the moment's gone, hasn't it? And and Wyman was already bearing down on goal. It's just that it's like indecisiveness is the criminal sin for goalkeepers, really, isn't it? In that area, you've got to yeah. make your mind up and you've got to act on it. And he did what dozens of amateur goalkeepers do each week of oh I'm going to come I'm not going to come and yeah that's what happened Vyman the, oh, literally it was the only thing they did in the first half it was the only chance they had in that first half and they took it and yeah it just set the tone for the rest of the game then it sounds exactly the same as last year's time. I mean, I, I looked at the stats after the game. Um, you know, we, we talk about expected goals, but we were 1.05 to their 0.85. We had 62% possession, which is pretty much unheard of for us. We had 12 shots, double the amount of passes, double the uh, pass success rate, basically. Um, more shots, um, more shots, um, same shots on target, more shots inside the box. It's just we didn't have that cutting edge. Is 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 that a worry? If we if we're not scoring from set pieces at the moment, we we can't seem to score. Or do you think it will come in time because we've still got people like Kiefer Moore there? I think it's what Cardiff fans have been saying for a while, right? That if we what Bristol have played it perfectly, they they've gone ahead and then they kind of yeah. they sit back and they let us have sixty percent possession because we don't know what to do with that amount of the ball. And I think the most frustrating thing about that game is we actually did get back. Um, on level terms and that felt like oh right okay panic averted we'll kick on from here and it didn't yeah. really happen and again we shot ourselves in the foot with the second goal it was still sloppy defending it was a fantastic finish it was a great strike but it's missed headers people misjudging the flight of the ball and two things- chances to clear it and neither of yeah. them yeah. It. It and like you know we're so, so good to set pieces the other end of the field we do send, tend to make the odd mistake at the back of the moment which is a bit annoying but yeah it's <clears throat> Sorry, yeah, it's more of the same from us, really. And like the, that lack of cutting edge, Cardiff fans have been saying for a while we need someone with a and a bit more of a playmaker in midfield. And these are the games where it kind of it does stand out that it may be an issue. I think we've got enough in the squad to create chances elsewhere, but we do tend to lack a plan B every now and again if things aren't falling our way. And that could could be costly come the end of the season. To be fair, I think plan A would have worked if we could have put a decent ball in. Yeah, the whole game it was so frustrating that no one could deliver a decent pass into the box to the point where Keith was doing that thing where he was getting frustrated and coming out of coming out of central and going out wide to receive the ball. Yeah, and he was the only one That's then just... able to put in a decent pass, and no one's there to get on the end. He's of trying it. to put crosses in for himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> had to run onto it as well, and he ain't that quick. Yeah, it was just so frustrating because it was just constant as well. Every set piece, you're like, right put a decent ball in. We put one sort of decent long throw and we had a half chance from that. Um, and then Baggin had his header that he keeper pulled off a good save for. 
but they were the only good like crosses in for 90 minutes and it's just it was just unbelievably frustrating for in a game where we absolutely dominated like we scored that equalizer which do you think that counts as a header yeah it's a header no absolutely it's our ninth header of the season yeah cool so um (laughs) fair play to the club as well for trying to keep Kiefer by saying he scored that goal yeah I did quite quite enjoy that so Geraint sort of Geraint Hardy sort of announcing it goal Kiefer Moore and even he was like Kiefer looked over like not a chance but um yeah, it's I mean, just... it was on target, wasn't it? His shot was on target, so it came out. It, it rebounded. Yeah, down came back out. Yeah, but it was still on. It was still on target. So I give it to Kiefer basically, just because I love him. But he didn't. It, it wasn't with the head, so it doesn't count. That's true, actually. Yeah, um, but we, you talk about other chances we made. We had that one where Kiefer Moore um, had it cleared off the line, which was a very good shot, good defending by Bristol. There was when Giles went through and fluffed his lines. Um, is is. <laughs> Is, is there something we should be doing, Tom? We've got two days left of the transfer window. Is there some, should we bring, bring in someone in to just give us a bit more of a cutting edge? Do we need to be playing, I don't know, Murphy up there? Can Colwell be the person who gives us that cutting edge? It just feels like we need that secondary option, doesn't it? I think Colwell will come good and he'll have more and more than Colwell will come good. Uh, at the end of the season, because he's getting introduced into games now to try and change a game as well. And I think, you know, the more he trains with the squad and stuff, you can see Mick's got confidence in him. I think he will, he will play more. But I think the one thing that worries me: will we get the best out of him because of the way we play? I think mm. that might hold us back slightly. Um, <laughs> I think we could ruin another player if we're not careful. But no, I think he will become one of our creative outlets with Giles as well as the season goes on. And it'd be really interesting to see, you know, if he does feature for Wales and then if he comes back, and he might come straight into the team. Um, I wouldn't be surprised to see it. He's just signed a new contract, which is the big news, um, Ben, uh, signed until 2024. So it's a, a nice boost going into the international break. Um, we, we talk about, you know, players who probably aren't performing or players who, who could come in. Would you would you want to see Colwell after the international break get more of a start? And, you know, we people always mention Bakuna. People look at um, the midfield. Is, is, is it time that we start giving Colwell more minutes? Yeah, he's clearly got the potential. He was... He, the only, and the only way he's going to learn how to play proper senior football is by playing it. Um mm-hmm. But it is a worry to pin all our hopes on a was he nineteen, yeah, nineteen-year-old with a baby face. Sort of worrying yeah. that he's going to be the answer to all our creative problems if Giles can't do it, who's only twenty-three himself. Um, but something's got to be done because Bakuna he works hard, but this is not the position for him. Much like right back, he's not a attacking midfielder. He's just what he is offered, he? I don't know, but he offered nothing on he offered nothing on Saturday. He was poor. And I don't like hammering him because I think he gets a lot of unfair grief. He does, yeah. I think he's very easily a scapegoat, but it wasn't his finest hour. He just offered nothing. Wow. That's pretty damning. Pretty damning. Uh, We're going to team to Astral Break now, Tom. Uh, It gives us an opportunity to take stock of the first five games so far this season. Um, Five games so far, two wins, two draws, a loss, sitting ninth. Would you say you're happy overall with how things have gone? Um, uh, I wouldn't say happy, but I'm not far <laughs> off. I'm not, I'm not, I don't, feel, I don't feel sad. I was so like buoyant last week. I think the one thing ninth is okay, but you look at the teams we played, possibly we should have got more out of that block. You know, we haven't played any of the big hitters yet. Not that there's that many in our league at the moment, but you know, I think we're going to have a lot of tougher games going forward. It would have been nice, even if we'd drawn the game, just to go in with that kind of unbeaten tag. But mm-hmm. um, um, but you know I 
it could be worse. I think there's a way I'm looking at it at the moment. We're still within touching distance of the playoffs. Obviously, there's only been five games anyway, wherever. But, you know, I think it could be a hell of a lot worse. We're not playing a huge amount of catch-up. So, you know, we've got time to take stock now, come back from the international break and get going again. So it might be nice for players like even more Colwell and stuff to go away and play with a, a few fresh faces and come back with a few new ideas. And that might benefit us in the long term. And what does what does Mick need to do during the, the international break? Obviously, there's 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 a few things swirling around the club. You know, the Lee Tomlin situation doesn't seem to know where he is at any point. Um, you know, we've got a couple of days left of the transfer window for more to stay. You know, we've got Sam Bowen coming through the ranks. Is there is there anything else that, that, that Mick McCarthy needs to consider during this ten days of of no football? It's nothing drastic that needs to be done, really, is it? Like we've had a better start than I thought we would. I thought we might get off to a slow, sluggish start. Um, I'm quite happy with how it's going. I think now is just a good time. Players go off for a few days. I saw, I've seen on Instagram, a few of them have gone to London, having a couple of nights out there, sort of just relax, get their heads back, refocus and go again. It's it's a decent start to the season. It's well above what I was expecting us to do. And one loss isn't going to change that as disappointing as it was. If we can crack on, it's a good chance to get a bit more into the youngsters on the training pitch. It's, it's, It's a bit of a shame from a Cardiff point of view the Colwell's actually going with Wales. Yeah. But it's also great for him that he's going to play alongside players like Ram. Well, I was going to say Ramsey, but he's not there, is he? He's going to no, play Ramsey's alongside Bale, Joe Allen, um, Harry Wilson, get alongside these quality players and sort of learn what it takes to play at top level. Um, it's going to be great for him there. So it's a win-win that way. But yeah, it's just get with these youngsters, get them up to speed a bit more. There's potential there that could probably come in and solve a couple of issues. The, the, the key one is Sam Bowen. Obviously, we've 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 seen recently that we'll talk about transfers in more detail. That, that Wintel's gone alone to Blackpool. Um, Tom, there's conversations around that Bowen is probably impressed more than um, maybe was expected of him at this point. Is is that another cause for optimism that these young players are being prioritised ahead of um, you know some more established pros, if you will? Yeah, definitely. I think you know McCarthy doesn't mess about with these sorts of situations. If someone's not going to fit in, if they're not going to feature, you'll get rid. There's no problem. And you can see in his press conference when he was saying, I think he was almost um, quite like more impressed with pack and rolls than he thought he might be as well. But reading into it, he's seen, you know, Volks has featured in most of the games and Sam Bowen is impressed. And I think, yeah, it, it says a lot that you, you bring in a player and you're that impressed that you're sending someone straight back out again. So, yeah. you know, he's, he's clearly made an impact. And he, he's, a, he's a unit, to be fair to him as well. Like he, he's a he's a specimen of a block, and he's the one that's really stood out in that Brighton game as well. So no, and, and another cause of optimism with our the youth that are coming through, which is really really good to see because obviously we said before we've been crying out for it for a long long time. Do you think you'd be happy Ben being called a specimen of a bloke by Tom Phillips? He's a good looking lad. He is a good looking lad, and he's big. We were sat in the grandstand on Saturday for a change of scenery, and um, yeah, he, he he was on the no, we were the cheap bit at the front. But um, right by the bench, and he sort of came out there. He, he's a big boy. Like he's gonna be an absolute unit. He'd suit the way we play down to the ground. So yeah, I'll go with specimen. Well, very good, very good. Um, and Ben, what are your hopes for the the international players going on duty? Obviously, we've got McGuinness and, and Baggin are going off to the Irish under twenty ones. You've got more Colwell off for Wales. Um, I don't know if Bakuna's going off um, because of the the whole red list thing. Is it is it just for them to stay injury free, or do you want them to go away and impress and and come back with even more confidence? Yeah, I think that's the, that, that's the perfect thing, isn't it? Boys go to the under-21s, the Irish lads, have a great time, sort of play well, possibly look at getting a senior call-up for the next round. 
come back, learn a bit. Same with Moore and Colwell, just come back injury-free and have a good time. That's all you can ask. Hopefully then, it'd be nice if Moore gets a couple of goals. Colwell gets a start maybe in, one, in the friendly. And you've got an absolutely ideal tra- um, ideal sort of international break then, haven't you? Yeah, and then, and then Tom, we've, we've already talked about it. the players kind of already taking advantage of the break who aren't going off on international duty. Um, I believe Nelson, Isaac Vassell, Shawnee Morrison were in the club last night and the night before in London. Uh, not sure what club, but it looked like they were having a lovely time. Colwell and Murphy were seen out and about together in Cardiff on, on Friday, I think it was, or Saturday, sorry, after the game. Um, had you also forgotten that Isaac Vassell existed? Uh, and would you trust him being in a nightclub? Because sometimes the floors can get quite wet in nightclubs and he might slip. I would worry, yeah, you know. You have to keep an eye on him just to make sure his dance moves aren't too boisterous. I think so as well. I think the, that's why there's two lads with him out as well. You know, they, they're probably standing either side of him, making sure he doesn't hit yeah, the yeah. ground. You know, it's good It's good team teamwork there. You know, it's nice to see the camaraderie amongst the squad that they're going to that length to look after him in his spare time as well. So, no, it's just good to see, good to see. Um, if you saw them in a club, Ben, what would you, would you try and, you know, they obviously had what, like a VIP bit, a uh, little kind of booth area with a couple of bottles of Grey Goose and that sort of thing. Would you, would you yeah, be so trying to next, get yourself in the next booth? You'd be in the next booth? No, I'm saying they're next to the labourers that have all chipped in into the next booth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But would you, would you be trying to get in the booth with them? How would you be trying to play it if you were in the same club as Shawnee Moss? Um, well, it depends how intoxicated I am. If it's anything like when I bumped into them, outside a pitch last summer um i apparently turned into a small child and tried to be desperate <laughs> to joe bennett um i don't know if people have seen the picture of my my missus this was the day before our wedding was supposed to be fees absolutely you, you, you both look sober oh we're absolutely steaming well fees just been crying because she's emotionally drunk and then she's hanging off joe bennett sort of oh, it's honestly one of the funniest pictures whenever it pops up on my phone it makes me laugh. So yeah, apparently I act like a little school child and try to get them, in, get them into a club that's completely full. Uh, you went silent. Then can you repeat that bit? I then take. I then try and speak to the owner to try and convince them to let them in when the club's completely full. <laughs> I mean, if if I met Joe Bennett, I'd probably. Do you know what you're saying? Sorry, do you know what you're saying about Isaac Vassell? You wouldn't wouldn't realize it was him. That mm-hmm. night, I didn't realize he was there. There was who was it? Will Volks, Bennett. Rawls, Murphy, Murphy and Vassell. So they're all out together. And yeah, I didn't, I didn't acknowledge Vassell because I didn't realise it was him. I just thought he was one of their mates. He's one of their mates as well. They're mates and teammates. Yeah, I get that, but I didn't, I didn't think he was a footballer. I was like sort of half cut, didn't recognise him. I was like, ah, you're just a mate out with the boys. And yeah, it's, it's, it's funny, it still, haunts, because... still haunts me that. I feel so He's bad obviously... about it. He's obviously so well liked by people within the club. I think last year he went on holiday. Uh, you know, they went to Mykonos, I think, with Mars Rolls. Um, obviously, he was out last night with Nelson and Mars. Oh, sorry, on, on Saturday night as well. Um, he's obviously so well liked at, at the club, and I think that you know, Tom, to keep him around for two years after that initial injury suggests that he's rated by the management as well. But it just, I just, I feel sorry for him that it just doesn't seem to happen for him. He just can't seem to get fit, can he? I think that's the horrible side of football. You see it sometimes, isn't it? These players who, like, no matter what they do, they're just plagued by injury and nothing's going to go for them. And you, you just want them to get a bit of game time, get a couple of goals and just find his way back into the squad. But it just feels like it's going to be an inevitable, just kind of damp squib and kind of fizzle out, isn't it? But no, it is a real, real pity when you see that happen to a player, especially one of our own ones, who clearly seems like a nice bloke. But if, like, the just, thing is, he, he could be the perfect answer to replace Bakuna in that position as well. 
He's quick, he's creative, and there's yeah. goals in him. If they get him fit, I agree. and it's a big if, I admit that, but God, it could mm-hmm. work out quite nicely. It could be a hell of a redemption story. We've seen it with Flint. We gave him no chance, and now everyone loves him. Let's hope yeah, he's Lazarus. As hell. Well, let's talk about transfers quickly. It is the last, the burning embers of the transfer window. Um, I think it ends tomorrow. Um, tomorrow at midnight because it's Tuesday the 31st. Um, obviously, the big news this week is that uh, Ryan Wintle has gone on loan to Blackburn. We've kind of touched upon it, Ben, but it is strange, isn't it, that you you know, you know sign someone on a free pre-contract, get them in, and then within less than a month or so or of the season starting, we've kind of moved him on already. Um, it's been suggested by some people uh, that perhaps the football wasn't what he was expecting under Wintle. Um, you know, have we seen enough of him to make a judgment as fans? Not really. I think you can't judge what he had. One first team appearance and a couple of preseason games before he got injured. Um, I'd be a lot more concerned. I think it was more of a sort of out the door thing if he didn't have a recall in January. Um, mm-hmm. I think it would seem a lot more permanent if that was the case. But look, he's, was he 24? Yeah, he's so young. 24 years old. He's going mm-hmm. out. He's going to play a lot of championship football at a Blackpool side. Hopefully then, if it's if it's not January, he comes back next season, sort of gets a run and he's learnt a lot. But um, yeah, it makes sense. Like, it's better than him being sat on the bench. I think it's quite a smart move by Mick. If someone's willing to take him in the championship and play him regularly, like, there's no harm in doing that because he's, I think we looked at it in chat the other day, he's like sixth choice. Yeah. Um, so yeah, good luck to him. I hope it works. I hope he comes back a better player. Yeah, it's a strange one, isn't it? Because obviously he's come in, I, I, you know, people expect high hopes for, for any new signing, but he's obviously behind the pecking order now of pack roles, probably Volks. Um, he's probably behind the, the the fact that we've got Bowen and, and kind of Patton coming through now as well. So, Tom, if it means more game time for those young players, it's it's only a good thing, right? And it's a move that suits all parties. Yeah, definitely. I think at that stage of your career, when you've played so many games of career as well, um, you're coming in, you want them to the, the momentum of game time to continue and sending them to another championship club is a great a great way of doing it. And a club like Blackpool as well will be fighting down towards the bottom of the league as well. He's going to get a lot of experience there. You know, it's going to be a tough, tough season for him out there. So he's only he's only going to come back better. Um, you know, it's, it's sad to see it happen. It's like when it happened with Max Waters as well, like you thought, oh, you know, perhaps there's something here, he's going to kick it on and come into the squad and he went out on loan as well. It, it, there's a lot of similarities with the two kind of deals. Hopefully it doesn't kind of carry on as much as it has with Max. You know, hopefully he comes in sooner rather than later and has an impact to this beginning of the next season, maybe. You forgot about Max Waters. Just going to check on him. Uh, close to fitness after early setback. No games so far for Milton Keynes. So Mark Harris has just been called up to the Wales squad. No way. Yes, there we Good go. Good for Marky boy. Um, I'd, I'd like to see more of Mark Harris, to be honest. Um the other, obviously, the other big news around Cardiff City over the last couple of weeks was uh, uh, involving Kiefer Moore, uh, Vaseline Head himself. Um, Wolves have now signed that um, Huang Hee Chan, who let me let me be honest, perfect signing on Football Manager. I got him in for Cardiff on the mobile version, scores a lot of goals. So I think Wolves have got a bit of a bargain there. Um, does that put the more rumour to bed for you, Ben? Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? They were looking for one striker. They've got someone in. Um, yeah, I can't see. Luckily now, I'm. No, I'm not going to say it. But I think that probably, it. It, no, no, because my predictions recently have been shown. I said we beat Bristol, we batted Bristol three 0 So I'm not saying fuck all. Um, Were you going to say that you don't I think, think Kiefer Moore is going to go anywhere? No, that wasn't what I was going to say. I think. What are you going to say? Say it. It puts it puts to bed the Wolves' interest for now. That's all I'll put no, out. I mean, that's not that controversial. No, but I was going to say what you said, but I don't want to. <laughs> well, oh right. <laughs> 
All right, I'll ask Tom. Tom, does, is there still any danger that Kiefer Moore leaves? Uh, not, yeah, not to go to Wolves, like I said. I thought that was bollocks from the start. But it, yeah, it's, there's still a chance someone will come in for him and throw silly money at it. It's a, it's a case this transfer window. It's not one of those ones where you're like, you wanted to prolong a little bit and hope that we get someone in. This is shut it immediately. Let's not lose Kiefer Moore. You know, let's just get on with it. And I'm glad that the, the Wales games are in a few days' time after it shuts, not a couple of days before it as well, after he puts two get past Finland or something. So, yeah, I, I, I don't think he will go anywhere now. And I think we, we said before, he hasn't had like prolific start to the season for us, which has probably no. helped us in a way. You know, if he'd already scored four, four goals in the first five games, I think we might have been in trouble a little bit. But I think the fact that we're struggle, struggling create, uh, with the creative side of the game at the moment is probably going to help us in the long run this season. But yeah. I expect him being a Cardiff shit um, in a few days' time. So what, you're saying is, Cardiff. so what you're saying is Mick deliberately threw the Bristol game to keep hold of Kiefer more. He told people to put shit balls in the box so no one would come in for Kiefer. Well, you know, he was starting James Collins, first of all. Now he's brought in more to start picking up his fitness. But don't get too carried away, Kiefer. And then after international break, you watch 10 goals, 10 games. It's a bold prediction. It's a bold prediction. Um, in, in terms of other transfer news, we've been linked with the Rotherham striker Michael Smith. I believe Paul Warren says it will take uh, an exceptional bid from us to get him, Ben. Uh, and I believe the figure quoted this morning is ten million pounds for a League One striker. Um, I obviously don't. I don't. I think he's obviously just playing silly buggers in the press. But um, is that someone you'd like to see come in? Uh, I think he got ten goals in the championship last year. He's quite a big boy. Um, seems to be doing quite well in League One for Rotherham. Um, do we need any? No, I think if we're going to fill that role, we've got it with Collins, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Big striker that scores 10 goals. I think we filled that box ready. I, unless Kiefer goes, I can't see us going for him. I think that's probably where it's come from. Do you want him? No, I, 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 that, like, like you said, that's not our issue. I don't think our top's our issue. It's probably if we do want anyone in, it's a creative spark behind it. Um, so, no, it's, it's not one that excites me. No, definitely not. All right, then. Uh, the other thing I was going to say is Cole will sign his new deal till 2024, but we've already talked about that. Um, any other transfer rumours that you've heard about, guys? Anything? No? Nothing? No? Gareth Bale. Dry, isn't it? It's a dry window. Yeah. Gareth well, Bale. Coming back, Bale. Brownie's still on about that. Yeah, Bale. Bale. You know, still time for Bale. Come home. I mean, I, I'm not paying any mind to that. But no, he scored for Real Madrid, so I think I think, I think, think that might be done, done and dusted somehow. But the fact he hasn't he's started every game every league game so far. <laughs> but you know, we might fancy, you know, an away trip to Coventry midweek in a few weeks' time. <laughs> you know, I think that... <laughs> I think that would that would it, I I honestly thought it, it was quite likely at the point where they were going to release him, right? Because they're gonna pay up his contract for a year and they were gonna pay him sort of fifteen to twenty million quid to pay up his final year of his contract, which is mental. And that he wouldn't he wouldn't need to play anywhere where he's earning good money. He could come back to Cardiff and just kick around for a year. But obviously if he's starting games, Ancelotti seems to like him. So I think um I'm gonna officially put that rumour to bed now, boys. That's the, the Ben James verdict is it's a non starter. Um, <laughs> I'm just annoyed that I actually thought it might happen for a bit. Did you yeah. think it was gonna happen? No, no, like ninety. I could, I could see. I, 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 I rationalised with myself that it could be likely if they released him because of because of the aforementioned they'd have paid him twenty million quid. But I didn't think it was logistically possible. Yeah, I think there's any chance at all of him coming to Cardiff. I like do. his contract's up at the end of the season. There's probably like a five percent chance it could happen then, but nah. It'll be. I think he'll go to the MLS personally. Yeah, a lot of golf courses. I think he's. I think he's too much of a homebody. Like he loves being back in Cardiff. He's. Um, he loves Six his back here. But he, he doesn't spend much time there. As, as I understand it, he flies back after most games. 
Yeah, that's why I got lulled into thinking it could happen. So, oh, he does love Cardiff. You see him going to get a loaf of bread from Tesco, you know, near the house every now and again. People are saying he's out and about, and I'm just like, oh, perhaps he will come back. But yeah, I was annoyed at myself that I really bought into it. It's always next year. It's always next year. <laughs> uh, talk about Twitter questions now. Uh, you know, there's quite a few comments. I'll run through them now quickly. Uh, Tom Lewis thought Song Sang had a decent game. Better going forward and. Better going forward than defensively, though. Baggin needs to work on his crossings, and Giles had an off game, but there were hardly any players in the box. Moore spent half the game running the channels. Don't get the Pakuna hate. Uh, Stu, Longshank79, we don't know what to do when we're forced into having more possession and can't just lump it to Kiefer or rely on set pieces. Bristol really sussed out the threat of Giles crossing by doubling up on him. We lack creativity. Uh, ben, that's kind of what we've been saying, right? That the plan B doesn't really exist. Um, weirdly, we can't do it when we have possession, and... Giles, if, if he's doubled up on, is going to struggle. Yeah, they put two on Giles, they put two on Kiefer and literally stifled us for everything then. It was a shutout. Uh, N. Phillips, Flint lost his man for the first one, a simple five-a-side move. Wyman, great strike for second, but should Phillips be beaten near post when he was in a great position? Tom, should Phillips be being, being beaten at his near post? No, this Phillips wouldn't have been. Uh, and... No, I think it was poor from him, really. I think all around, a couple of decisions he made in that in that part of play, he should have done better with. Uh, Gags Williams. Which goal Cole was looked... Sorry? The second goal. Was the second... Oh, mate, he fucking hit that, though. That was the... He hit it hard, yeah. Caught it well. He... I... Yeah. Yeah, it might be being a bit harsh there, just thinking about it. But... Reaction. You'd need seriously good reactions to get down and sort of take get in the way of that, because he lashed it. But a good keeper would. <laughs> Tom Phillips, he's, a good he's a very good keeper. Uh, Gags Williams thought Colwell looked very lively when he came on. He had a bit of much needed class in midfield um, as the midfield looked poor and laboured. Bakuna not a 10 at all. Uh, G's World, uh, and this is one for you, Ben. How long will it be before we get pissed off about uh, Mick McCarthy's selection tactics, substitutions, and one armed game reviews? Just a bit of everything there. Everything's an issue. Don't you just love those predictable long throws, etc.? As we've talked about, Ben, at the Peterborough game, people were starting to get a little bit angry at, at McCarthy. Um, you know, the, and I, I don't think he helps himself by not being that connected to the fans. If we come back after the international break and we, you know, we see a couple of bad results, how how quickly will the worm turn? Well, Christ, I saw two people say Mick out already after one defeat. Um, yeah, it's already turning. He could he could do more to sort of ingratiate himself with the fan base, but I don't think he cares. But um. Yeah, he, look, he wasn't the popular choice to start with. It's, it'll feel very much like Neil Harris, a couple of bad op, bad run, a, a bad run or a half bad run, and the opinion will change quite quickly on Mick, I think, which is a shame. I think that a lot of people haven't warmed to him at all yet. It's not even the fact it's going to turn against him. There's some people who just haven't been one round from the start, and I don't think yeah. that's a small amount of fans either. And there's a lot of people who are just have not bought into it from the, the outset. I've almost looked at some of our good results as a bit of a fluke, um, you know. Um, they just they're not buying into the type of football we're playing and things. And some of our fans are really, really hard to please. And unless we go on a 10-game winning run and we're playing sparkling football, some of these people will never be bought around, I think. So I well, think, yeah, he's I, got a tough task. If I like last season, people were almost like 
you know, we, we went on that great run. People were like, oh yeah, but the run's going to end soon. Or this yeah. is all is in, in spite of Mick McCarthy. You know, we're, we're playing, you know, we're just playing how we should have done when Mick wasn't here. So he's not really doing anything. And I think part of the issue, and this is, this is a mixed fault, obviously, is the fact that we were playing empty grounds for so long. So like, he didn't have that initial, you know, when a new manager comes in, that first game's always a bit more of a buzz to it. But because he came in when there were no fans, there were no, there was none of that initial rapport with him. And now he's, he's basically starting from almost like a, a backwards point because now the fans are in a lot of the fans are already sceptical about him. So then he's, he can't win those people around, can he? Yeah, and like, I think our good run came at the wrong time because it came in immediately when he came in. They went, well, it can't be down to him then. He's only just got you. can't be mixed for a fault that we're doing yeah. well. So it, it, you, if you switch that round, I mean, you know, we had the, the draws that we had. It looks like he's building something. Then we go on a big winning run that's come up to around now. It'd be a very, very different story. So... It's people are very short term. They look at small blocks of games rather than that the wider project under Mick. And you look at his record; it's brilliant. Like it's a really, really good record. So he's got like the highest win percentage of any manager this millennium, isn't he? Yeah, it, it, it's mad. Like it, I'm, I'm, I, th- I think we'll do well underneath him, but hopefully we don't make a rash decision and get rid of him or something because of a few disgruntled fans. But you never know, do you? But. I just wish people would be a little bit more optimistic and get behind the team and manager. Because like Mick gets it at the moment already. People like Bakuna get it. And I'm not quite sure why. He's yeah, he's not having like an unbelievable time with us, but he's not any worse than anyone else. This is what I don't get with our fan base. You just single people out, whether it's a manager or a player. And it's just frustrating at times. Talk about people getting behind the team. You'll like this next tweet. Kieran Roberts, football is awful, so painfully slow. We look like we're pay- playing for corners and free kicks. If we don't score a header, we don't look like scoring. It's worrying. We need Tomlin back. Ben, do we need Tomlin back? No. Fuckers watching Christmas movies in August instead of going to train him. <laughs> Get to fuck. I can't be asked. I can't be asked the argument of Tomlin anymore. It's it's more boring than the Josh Murphy argument. Because at least Murphy has a go. He's turned up to games. Yeah, the Tomlin thing, like him posting that photo with, with the, you know, the, the location is Portugal. It's well, like yeah, he's shit stirring as well. He's trying to, yeah. he's trying to get the reaction. It's just tragic. It is quite tragic. It is quite tragic. Uh, Connor, no support for Kiefer, losing every second ball. Please don't start Bakuna anywhere near the final third of the pitch anymore. Substitution's too late. Could have done with an extra man in, field, in midfield up front or much sooner. Colwell really looked bright and dangerous. Uh, Jareth Webb, we should really have more points than we do. Have not played any of the top teams yet. The performance was not that bad. Just missed chances and silly mistakes. We're a mid-table team, but if more goes, we'll be even further down the league and we have to start playing the youth players. Finn, if NG started, it could have been a completely different game. Tom? Were we missing NG's energy? I'm not sure about that. I felt like I thought Sang had a decent game as well. Um, I don't think that was where we lost that game. Um, you know, it, I, hopefully he comes back in after after international break as well. NG and he looks a little bit more refreshed because he's had a little bit of a slow start to the season compared to you know when he came when he first came to us. He looked like a, another level at that point. So hopefully again that could be another outlet that we'll see our results pick up. But when they're saying we're a mid-table team. You look at like some of the, I know you can read too much into some of the stats. We should be higher up in the table according to the chances and stuff we're creating and, you know, the way we're defending and stuff as well. So I think the longer we, we play this season, the more that, that levels out and we'll start to creep up the table and be towards our top four or five. So it's not panic stations yet. We're playing some decent stuff at times. It's nowhere near as bad as it's been under other managers. So, I, you know, I think we'll start to score a few more goals. We did it towards the end of last season. We put four past a few teams. And I think we'll start to do it again this season. 
Yeah, I don't think we're far off back, absolutely battering aside. I think a couple yeah. of things need to click, and I think we can knock a fair few past an average side. Yeah, we, we, we're quite, we're quite, we were well before the game at the weekend. We were quite high up in the in you know the goal scoring charts, weren't we? I think we've we've dropped down a little bit now. But we've got nine goals, and we're in, you know the the top scorers have got 11, 12, 13. So we're we're essentially third or four top scorers in the league at the moment, um, which isn't bad really. Um, but we have let me just have a look. We conceded six, so we probably conceded a, a few more than we would have liked at this stage. A um, couple more tweets. Ellis, uh, Bakuna, a major weakness in the team, especially if we're going to rely on him to attack. Shame we're not signing any new players. Good for youngsters to get a chance, though. Paul Brinkworth, uh, Phillips to blame for both goals. Pack, Bagger and Bakuna, an absolute joke when we've got NG, Vox and Colwell on the bench. Why can't MM see what 20,000 City fans can see? And I'm, I'm, I'm not seeing Pack being worse than so Vox. Tumblr has basically said, Pack has arguably been our best player so far this season. Yeah, and we've talked about it on the pod, haven't we? Then because obviously I'm, I wasn't Marlon Pack's biggest fan um, at the start of last season, and suggested that perhaps he could have uh, left the club. <laughs> and uh, that's my mere culpa. I'll hold my hands up to that and say that he's he's proven everyone wrong this year. I think, isn't he? Yeah, he's been he's been the best player in that midfield, if not the best player on the pitch for most games. Um, arguably, it wasn't his best game against Bristol, but. Uh, there's a lot of there's a lot of things going wrong, but Marlon Pack's performances haven't been one of them. I think he's been absolutely superb this season so far. And do you put that down, Tom, to his new samurai haircut? I think so. I think it suits him. I think it's given him a bit more confidence as well. Got a bit more swagger when he steps out on the field. You know, he mm-hmm. knows it looks good, and I think that's transferring into his performances. So let's hope, like Samson, he doesn't get his haircut and his performances drop. Um, I think I think he needs to stay there for the season, definitely. All right, I'll have a word. Uh, and Nathan, uh, LCCFC, the last tweet. Nelson said in the pre-match press that they know what teams figured out. If they can stop crosses, they nullify a lot of our threat. Yet we still seem to lack a plan B. Poor and meaningless crosses were frustrating in the derby. Um, that seems to be the, the recurring theme, isn't it, Ben? That we, we need that plan B for when things aren't working. Yeah, we haven't quite figured out plan A yet, though, have we? No. I think build up, build up plan Small A, steps. get that nailed, then we're... Yeah, it's... um. It's a long old season. There's a lot of work to be done. We know what we're trying to get at with this team, but um, yeah, let's get plan A sorted first, then we'll look at plan B then. I think as well, like against some of the, the lesser teams in the league at the moment, we might come a cropper every now and again because of the way we play. They'll sit back. They'll, they'll, they'll say, look, here's the ball. Try and do something with it. And I think that's why we might arguably get some better results against better teams. You know, you saw towards the end of last season, we beat the likes of Bournemouth and people like that. And I think we might get a few results where we might manage to sneak result or a draw away at Fulham or something because they're not going to sit back and give us the ball. They're going to come at us. And that's when we're at our best is on the break where, you know, we look at that goal at Blackpool where we seven passes from one end of yeah. the field to the other. We, we're going to do that against better teams at times as well when they're pushing the score. So I, I think don't, don't panic around that sort of our style of play just yet. I have panicked. I've hit the panic button. Oh, um, and obviously the international break, um, I was just reading up that um, a few international players for Wales haven't got their Russian visas in time to travel to Belarus. So no Ethan Ampadu, no Tyler Robertson, no Brandon Cooper for that game. They'll be in Cardiff preparing for Estonia. Uh, but how do you not get your Russian visa approved in time? I don't but, even know how you get a Russian visa. It's a shambles from UEFA, the fact that the game is now there. much further away from Wales than it was when it was in Belarus, in a country that you, that's got a complex visa situation where the costs go through the roof. It's just another absolute shit show from them. Like, it still shouldn't you, even you be a factor. Yes, because we don't earn them enough money. We're tiny. Like, we're, we're not giving them anything. So why... It's just it's just a ridiculous, ridiculous situation again and that we're caught in the middle of. 
see in the first of Euros now this again absolute shambles if it was the first game I'd sort of be alright with UEFA because it would have been Kiefer's further away from anyone and then no one could it would be a nightmare for him to get a transfer arranged in those last two days but um, yeah. yeah because it's the middle of the week it sort of just makes things a hundred times more difficult for us but you know we're not worried about the international break at the moment because we're a podcast about Cardiff City. Uh, oh, yeah, we've got sorry. three. Yeah, Tom, I shouldn't have asked the question. Really, it's my fault. It's all my fault. <laughs> uh, looking ahead to beyond the international break, Ben Price, we've got Coventry, Bournemouth, and Blackburn as the three games after the international break. And these Coventry away, Bournemouth at home, Blackburn away. Um, what's the minimum points? I've gone for six points from those three games. Do you think we should be reaching those heady heights? Ideally, yes, but it's not. Um... Not as straightforward as it seems. Is it Coventry have started really well? Yeah, I've started. Really they're they're looking like a decent side. So, um, fair play to them. Yeah, Bournemouth. You never really know at the moment what they're going with, and same with Blackburn. They're very hit and miss as well. It's well, Forest it could first. Be. Oh, yeah, I've got Forest. Yeah, I missed the Forest yeah, game. Forest. Yeah. God. I will um, beat them this shite. Yeah, Forest the shite, aren't they? <laughs> Thanks, Tom. Forest the shite, aren't they? <laughs> yeah. So we got Forest, then Coventry, then Bournemouth. Sorry, I looked slightly too far ahead. I think because the Forest game moved from that Saturday to Sunday, it threw me off. Yeah, on TV though, innit? it? Yeah, it was nice. It was nice to sky to literally half an hour after we all decided we were going to go to Forest away. To but, um, they announced that it's being moved. All right, so it's not it's not Blackburn. We'll, we'll we'll scrap talking about Blackburn, Forest, Coventry, Bournemouth. That's a minimum of six points for me, Ben. Yeah, it was an easy three now, isn't it? <laughs> so it's an easier three with Forest, but um, yeah, Coventry and Bournemouth both decent sides, both side like not too shabbily. It's um, yeah, it's not gonna be easy to get that other three, but then Com- it could be we could quite easily come away with seven. You wouldn't be surprised. It's yeah. the way this league's gonna be this season. Coventry are batting above their average. They're in seventh place, but their their goals for is five. Their goals against the five. They've won three games, and you'd assume they've won those games one nil, and then drawn the other two. Uh, I, I don't know two one or whatever it is. Um, they've lost two one three. Um, does that surprise you, Tom? That Coventry are up there. They they play nice football though. Yeah, I think they, they showed some decent stuff last year as well. I think there's a, there's teams in the league who are a lot worse than them. I think a few mm. people were tipping them to be a bit further up the table um, than others people thought. Um, I think they will drop off slightly, but it's not going to be one of the easier away games we have this year. They're very hard to break down. Um, and yeah, I don't know. I'd be, I'd be more than happy with a, like a, a sneaky 1-0 there. I, I don't expect us to go then batter them as part of that way. Uh, I think it could be a really tough night for us. Yeah, they lost to QPR at the weekend. Um, they got some good players in the, in the ranks. They got um, Waghorn in on from, from Derby. They got um, the striker that Swansea, I think, had on loan last year. The um, the Hungarian guy whose name I can't say, um, Giocares. Um, oh yeah, that's just, yeah. Plenty of people struggling with that one. I'm yeah, not going to try. I might even want to go. Yeah, but yeah, you're that's him. Um, but I I just think I think if you know if we're coming back off international break, players refreshed, we should be holding a team like Coventry to the sword. And Forest, I mean Forest are. It's shambolic, isn't it, Ben? What's happening at Forest at the moment? I think they 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 drew potentially at the weekend. Um, yeah, they drew one they the first Derby. Point. Um, yeah, obviously in, in in the big international game, uh, big international game in the big derby game, literally with derby. Uh, but the players they've got, they shouldn't be down the bottom, should they? It's bizarre because you think like a club like you look at the manager, you think right, they're going to be a very difficult team, very well organised, very team. solid, and they're just a fucking shambles. It's mental to see what's going on there. Like derby have actually started, but well beyond like everyone's sort of expectations, and then 
you'd expect it to be the other way around. You sort of look at the Leeds, you'd be expecting to see Forest in 15th and Derby at the bottom, but no, Forest are right down there. And yeah, I don't know how long Hewton's got left because I think the fans have turned against him saying he's not doing what he needs to. The only who likes to change managers every sort of six months. Um, yeah. yeah, they're a bit of a, they've gone a bit of an underrated basket case, to be honest. Oh, yeah. And last season, they were being tipped to being like towards the top. And then somehow had about 40 players in the squad. They kept signing and signing and signing players. And he thought, oh, perhaps they really go in for it here. And it, it just hasn't happened for them at all. And it seems like some sort of bubble has burst there. They, they've, well, not even bubble has burst. It's been, they've been slowly declining into this basket case for a long time now. It's just what's benefited them in terms of the public eye is there's a lot of other basket cases in this league that have kind of outshone them in that respect. But yeah. I'd be disappointed if we lose away there. I, re- I really, really would because they are they're a, an absolute turmoil at the moment. It was our first last season. It was our first win, wasn't it, at Forest? Because obviously we started against Sheffield Wednesday and Northampton yeah. in the cup yeah. and really struggled. And it was I think Kiefer Moore scored his first goals against them. It was a very nice sunny day at the City Ground. So hopefully we can repeat that. But I think you're right. I think the last couple of years they've they always seem to sign about twelve players in the summer, but not really sell anyone. Like last year they signed people like or two years ago they signed people like Harry Arter, but he's still there despite not being anywhere near the squad. Lately he's not even got a squad number, is he? They couldn't. Yeah, get and they're paying him forty grand a week. Yeah, they couldn't get rid of him. Yeah, Mental. Ridiculous football club. And then, um, oh, 38 grand a week, apparently, Harry Arter's earning at Nottingham Forest and he's not even got a squad. That's daft, isn't it? How can a club run like that? Like, it's just, you see it over and over again with clubs. How can people keep doing this? But it's it's absolutely insane what's going on there. It's just just bad gambling, isn't it? A lot of these, a lot of clubs like Forest would go, right, one season, let's spend a lot of money and gamble on getting into the playoffs and getting up. And was it the season that, um, was it last season? They missed out with Swans, season four last day. They missed out with Swans on like the last, the last get, you know, the last moment basically of that game. And then they've sat their manager, they brought Hutton in, who I think they thought would come in and just turn them around, make them solid and take them up. But it hasn't worked for him there. And now they're stuck with all, because I don't think Lyle Taylor's not, Lyle Taylor's not going to be on. Uh, a cheap contract, even though they signed him on free, they've got, you know, I, I think they are realizing the youth money grabbing through. Lewis Graben, yeah, they've got obviously Brennan Johnson coming through and people like that who are going to be on lower contracts. But some of their high earning players to be paying someone thirty eight grand a week who's not even got a squad number is catastrophically bad management at this level. Well, that's that's after they signed him after a really poor season with Fulham. Yeah, like he, it's not exactly like he set the world on fire to win that big contract at Forest from Fulham. He was poor for Fulham. That's why they got rid of him for like a hundred grand. You know, uh, it's like your brother-in-law ships you out. According to the, the the news article I'm reading now, Harry Arter is going to be joining Charlton on loan. Oh, my suit him. How the mighty have fallen. Well, he does live in London, so um, not so bad for him. Uh, and then we've got the Bournemouth game. Um, they they had they, you know struggled a little bit recently. Two draws in a row with two promoted sides, Blackpool and Hull. I think they drew two all with Blackpool, then nil nil with Hull. Scott Parker's gone in there, and it looks like he's still trying to work them out. Um, what do you think of, of Bournemouth, Tom? Do you think they should be higher in the table than they currently are? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I think that would be our first kind of real kind of measure of how how far we've come under Mick yeah. I think um, you know it's the first one of those that kind of big block of teams that we're going to have this season and it'd be really interesting to see if we do get at them at home put a, put a bit of a performance in because at the moment it does feel like we almost perform better away from home than we do at, at the C, at CCS so yeah I think that'll be our first true test and to see where we are how we measure up against those people we expect to be towards the top of the top of the table, you know, two, two tough away games and, and that is a tough home game. And like you said earlier, it could be one of those 
blocks of games where we could we could come out of that with just like one point or yeah. something, or we could get nine. Like like you said, this league is all over the shop, so that'd be a really really interesting block of three games to go into after the international break when people are rested up a little bit more. What do you reckon, Ben? You've got three games there. They were different to the ones I said at the start. What you know? So that might change your opinion on things. We're beating Forest. What about the other two? How many points are we getting from the three games? Come away with five points. If you come away from five points of that block of three, like you've done all right. But um, ideally, like to look for six or seven, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah I think Tom? I think five five is what I was thinking from that. I'm getting, I've been very careful about saying we'll bat the Forest after we were so confident going into the Bristol game. Yeah, good point. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I've really annoyed myself with that one now. I was like, I'm so optimistic. I'm never that optimistic going into like a derby game. And I was like, yeah, we'll comfortably beat Bristol. Fuck Same it. So, I, when, when have I ever predicted a 3 0 win? That's a good point. But yeah, I, I, I'd arguably take a point for us, to be honest with you. Oh, no. Oh, no I then, love this climb down. Like when we started this, this should I be battering them. They're bottom of the league. Oh, I take a point, actually. <laughs> that was you saying you'd buy them. I didn't say we should. Oh, I, did I? I might it. have. I might do. It's a roller coaster. This podcast of time. It's a roller coaster, baby. You've just got to ride it. Exactly. Um, I was thinking. You know, we first five games of the season. We've got eight points. There are there are nine blocks of five games during this season. Um, Forty-five divided by nine is five, uh, plus the one extra game, uh, which you can write off. And that, if we got eight points from each five-game block, that would put us on around seventy-two points, um, which could be enough for the playoffs. Is you know, is that the way we should be approaching the season, Ben? Looking at them, each game as almost like little blocks of, of five, six games, whatever it is, and, and focusing on that way? Well, that's how the club do it, isn't it? That's what they do. They look at each, they sort of use international breaks or sort of chances. Yeah, it's like the chapter end. Yeah. They base their training and base everything around that. So I think that's the smart way to look at it. I don't think anyone's going to be disappointed with the start we've had internally in the club. I think it's going to be above where they want it to be. Admittedly, they probably wouldn't have liked they'd like to have gone in unbeaten after sat instead of Saturday's loss. But yeah, I'm pretty happy with it. I think the club will be happy with it. It's a nice little platform to build on. Like Tom said earlier on, we're not chasing, we're not too far behind. We're not chasing our tail straight away, which is normally that a lot of sides where they struggle, they get off to a poor start and they can't make it up even though they go on a decent run towards the end of the season. Well, yeah, the fact that, you know, when Mick came in, we were, we, we thought the season was over, right? And then we went on a massive mm-hmm. run and we still just missed out. As long as we're not in that position where we're completely out of it, you know, we could put a run together like that and we, we could find ourselves right in and amongst it, um, at, at, you know, within a couple of weeks. So, I yeah, I, I'm pretty comfortable where we are. Um, at the moment and yeah five or six points of those three games would be enough to keep us in and around it again and more closer to home Ben what you got planned for the international break oh watch a bit of international football not a lot um, a lot of stuff going on with Roger Stone so yeah busy with that really because busy with the kits lots, busy with the kits um, all the a lot of the um, people that bought kits have received their kits now but the player issue shirts are currently stuck in um, Luton Airport, no, Stansted, sorry, in customs before being shipped to classic football shirts by mistake because the factory put the wrong label on them. Good. So we've got a collector from Manchester one day next week. Um, Yeah, so that's fun. And we've got 20 of my goalkeeper shirt, even though I'm not a goalkeeper, 20 versions of the yellow goalkeeper shirt to sort of sell. So if anyone wants one, drop me a DM. Where, where, Where will they find you on Twitter? at the Ben Price, but I am on private at the moment for personal reasons. Oh, um, so you have to follow him first and then drop him a DM. Yeah, send me a follow request and yeah, drop me a DM. Or follow Roger AFC, there's more people on that. Tom, what are you doing international break? Back to Wales for me. 
taking advantage of the international break uh, by resting up as well, going back to see the family. And <laughs> uh, I'll be go- going to the the home game against uh, Estonia as well. So I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, back to the homeland for me. Is it sold out yet? Because I haven't got tickets. I mean, no, it's Bond General Sale, I think. And obviously, yeah, no I've, got, I've got my membership. I just was waiting for payday, then forgot. Yeah. I might sort that. Oh, very good. Very good. What about you, Ben? What are you doing? Yeah, yeah, there we go. (laughs) Uh, What am I doing? Um, Nothing really. Um, Might watch the Wales games. Um, Waltham still got a big cup game next Saturday against Burke Hampstead. Uh, First round qualifying. Um, So only 11 games to Wembley at this stage. So we're in with a shout. Um, should, we do a non-league, should we do a non-league shout if you get a chance if you're not after the Wales games get out and watch some local football because it's, it is good fun isn't it I think that's the oh, one thing I've really... do it like, it's like I, yeah I, you know if Cardiff aren't playing I can't watch whatever non-league football um, and I've started going away with Walthamstow as well so I was at, um, at St Margaretsbury on Tuesday night which is just outside London watching Walthamstow uh, canter to a 2-0 victory there um, and I think I think with what's going on with the, the leagues in Wales at the moment have gone under that kind of rebrand, right? With the the Ardle North and uh, and South, and I think um, it looks really good. Like the, the the competitive levels look really good. There's some good teams putting it around there, and I think um, if, yeah, if there's any games under an international break, I would implore you to go watch it because it's it's a lot of fun. Anyone listening who's involved with the non-league club, chuck us a tweet and we'll retweet it and sort of yeah yeah promote your games and sort of get get decent attendance because now's the weekend to do it. Unless you're in Swansea and we won't do that. Oh, not even there. Because it's not the Jacks, is it? No, but they're Jack adjacent. That's true. Bastards. <laughs> uh, and that's it for another view from the Ninian. Um, if you like what we do, follow us on Twitter, twitter.com forward slash VFT Ninian. You can chuck us some money at Kofi, kofi.com forward slash VFT Ninian because we don't get paid to do this, do we, Ben? We don't. We do it for the love, not the money. Uh, but we do like some money as well. Uh, and the bitches. Please. Drop us there because we do have to pay for some licensing stuff when it comes to, to running the podcast. Um, and now it's Bank Holiday Monday. So, Ben, what are you going to do for the rest of the day? Uh, I'm going to sort my life out. The house is a bit messy at the moment, so I've got to sort that. And I need a shower as well because I smell. Uh, Tom? I'm off to All Points East Festival to watch a bit of music today. So <laughs> a bit of music? Straight. I'm going to a concert. I'm going to a concert with some friends. Uh so I'm going to go to a brewery and the festival as soon as this is done. Oh, very nice. Well, we won't hold you back any longer. Thanks for joining me again, boys, and we'll see you when we're back. Yep. Love you, bye. Right, nearly half time, pal. Your turn to get a ground round in. Off you go. No, you get this one in, mate, because I've got the beer sorted for later. What do you mean you've got the beer sorted for later? I got the last one. You know that's not how the ground round works. Listen here, bud. How does the offer of free beer sound? What do you mean free beer? No such thing, mate. Just go and get them in, man. Serious now. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN and cover just £5.95 for the postage and you'll get your first case of eight globally sourced, fresh as can be, craft beers delivered right to your doorstep. What I mean is I've already got hours waiting for us after this and we'll need them after watching this shambles. What's the catch here now? Who are these people? Beer 52 are the world's most popular craft beer discovery club. Each month, they send a case of craft beer from a different part of the world. Recent cases have included beer from the Alps, New Zealand, the USA, Ireland, Korea, and Germany. Bloody hell, that's not bad, is it? Yep, and if you do change your mind, you can pause or cancel your account at any time you like. Cracking, so how do I get it again? All you need to do is go to www.beer52, that's the numbers 52.com forward slash VFTN to get your first case of eight beers for just 5 
That's www.beer52.com forward slash VFTN. Sound? Pie with a pint then? You know I never say no to a pie. <laughs>